Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph. On Point, keeping you focused in the right direction. I'm your facilitator, Vincent T. Edwards, Mr. Speaker, and today the bishop is going to share with us about redeeming the time. Redeeming the time, coming from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 16. I'm looking forward to this discussion. How are you doing today, Bishop Rudolph? Oh, I'm doing fine, Mr. Speaker. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, doing well. Just getting ready to hear what you're going to share with us today about this scripture. You know, when I look at it, I read basically from the King James Version, and there were two words that just stood out to me, circumspectly and redeeming. And, you know, that's I like the King James because it forces you to do word studies. So I'm looking forward to this. So what is this all about today, Bishop? Well, yes, sir. Let me go. uh, I want to invite the audience to Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses 15 and 16. Again, Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses 15 and 16. And they'll find these words recorded where it says simply, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Now, this is Paul's letter to the saints at Ephesus. And The suggestion to them was to be very careful of what they do, to walk very carefully, to walk with your mind on what you're doing and not to be foolish, but to be wise, because it's extremely important that you redeem the time simply because the days are evil. And in those days, that was the situation as well as the days on today. Uh, One of the things that I've read, John Maxwell can you start? Um, we, you went out for a little bit. Can you pick that back up for us? Okay. Bishop? Yes. Okay. The call drop. Um, well, again, okay. Again, the scripture is Ephesians five fifteen through 16, uh, where basically uh, it says to uh, walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeem the time because the days are evil. Uh, so very simply uh, put, Um, at this particular time, very simply put, it is suggesting to us to be very careful of what we do and what we say, uh, because you have to, time is very important. And I was saying that John Maxwell mentioned something to us. He says that during our lifetime, we only make a few detailed and important decisions. It seems like we're making decisions every day, but in actuality, there are only a handful of very, very important decisions that we make. And the key to success basically is just managing those decisions in our daily schedule. He wrote this to to us, and I like to use this as an introductory piece to what I want to talk to today or talk about today. Uh, John Maxwell says, if you want to do something with our lives, then we must focus on today. Uh, But how do you win today? How do you make today a great day instead of the one that falls to pieces? Here's the missing piece. And he says this, the secret of your success is determined by your daily agenda. The secret of your success is determined by your daily agenda. And he has that right. But when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he assigns us a work. And success isn't found in results or achievement, but it's simply found in doing what he appoints for us to do every day of the week, every day of the month, every day of the year. If you go to Psalm 119, or excuse me, Psalm 139 and 16, it says, and here's the Living Bible translation. You saw me before I was born, 
and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. Uh, so every day was recorded in your book. So that's very important to, to think about that every day before your parents came together, before you were in your mother's womb, every day of your life was scheduled before you began to breathe. And he recorded every day in the book uh, of remembrance that uh, he has. So as we are trying to redeem the time, it's important to think on not only the words of John Maxwell, but the words of the Bible. And there are just a few pointers that I like to go into now uh, to help in dealing with our agenda. Uh, for instance, every day when you wake up, every day, please understand and realize that today is not your day. It is the day that the Lord has given unto you. Uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We say it often, but do we really mean that? So when we wake up in the morning, uh, when I'm able to get up and get out of bed, one of the first things I need to do is to just fall on my knees and thank God for this day. And my prayer every day is, Lord, I want to be very, um, very, per uh, very per uh, in a very much so a purpose of my day. I don't want to just linger and not really know what I'm doing and know where I'm going. I want purpose for my day. And so, God, I want to offer this day and I want to offer my my body as a living sacrifice. And Lord, this is the day that you've made. And God, I want your will to be done in my life. So understand that it's not your agenda, but it's God's agenda. That's one of the first things that I think we must understand. And then the second thing uh, that I'd like to share with you is that in addition to it being God's day, and you know that you are not responsible for what comes your way. So if that being the case, you've got to plan your schedule very, very carefully. Uh, some people make uh, daily agendas. Some people make weekly agendas. Some people have a list of things that they do. But however you do it, however it comes across, whether you write it down, whether you put it in your uh, in your phone, uh, whatever the case is, uh, please understand that the basic method is the same. Do what you need to do. Psalm 90 tells us to number our days that we may present to the Lord a heart of wisdom. And I can't do that if my days are not um, uh, numbered. So I got to plan my schedule every day um, carefully. Then another thing uh, you've got to understand is that even if you plan your day from day to day, there are going to be some interruptions that will happen. That's just the way it is. You will be interrupted. You will be disappointed. There will be things that will happen. But accept those interruptions very wisely. You've got to, even though you have a disciplined schedule and, and you don't want to have interruptions, but interruptions do come. But when they occur, you've got to represent God's agenda for that particular day. Read through the Gospels and, and notice the ministry of Christ. Um, oftentimes, there were interruptions that came, that became his ministry. And that's uh, extremely important. So accept the interruptions wisely and ask God to help you. Uh, in your interruptions, in your disappointments from day to day, uh, you're going to have um, disappointments, but take them as... Um, an appointment from God. It might have seemed like a disappointment to you, but it was a divine appointment from God. Sometimes 
a disappointment in what we think is really God's way of showing us um, he does not want us to do certain things. He doesn't want us to be involved in certain activities. He has a way of decluttering our schedule. And closed doors really become his way of opening doors. And disappointments sometimes become appointments that he wants us to keep rather than the appointments we think we should have kept. So um, those those three or four things, those, that's very important. You have an agenda every day. Plan your schedule daily. Plan your schedule carefully. Accept the interruptions wisely. And then take your disappointments as divine appointments. Just because you are not able to do what it is you thought that you should have been doing at that particular time in your life. It doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that God wants you to move on to something else. And he has a way of taking your disappointment and making it a divine appointment. I really love what I'm hearing today, Bishop, when you're talking about uh, time, because we often look at time management, but you can't really manage time. You have to make the best use of the time that you've been given. And when we look at that word redeeming, and that's what it's actually talking about here, making the best use of your time. What I also heard and I like is the concept of not of having a schedule, but not being so rigid in your schedule, but having the flexibility where you can hear from God and do that which God wants you to do exactly exactly i i I look at and i I read uh, every year as we go into pentecost sunday uh i read uh the book of acts and there is a particular scripture in Acts 17 and 17 it tells us that paul preached in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there and i want you to think about this for a second Paul preached in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. So you've got to train yourself to look for open doors. There are going to be some open doors from time to time. And each day, certain opportunities show up on either side of us. But are you open to really see what God wants you to do? Or is it a point where you're saying to yourself, well, because I didn't get a chance to do something I wanted to do, or I've been disappointed in something. Uh, does that mean I just quit? Does that mean I just give up and, and not participate? No, you have to find open doors. God has a way of opening a door. You have to continue to see it. Get your mind off of what you were doing or get your mind off of your plans and concentrate on his plans for you. Uh, so so look for open doors. Look for ways that uh, God is is exposing you in another area of your life. Um, that's, that's to me, that's so wonderful because there are times when the Lord shuts a door. I've always, and I think I've told you this before, Mr. Speaker, I have always prayed, Lord, if, if it is something uh, that is occurring in my life that you don't want me to have, then God, I want you to close that door. I don't care how bad I want it, how much I want it, how I literally beg God for it, If it's not something that you want me to have, Jesus, I don't want it, period. I do not want it. I don't want to do anything with it. I don't want, I just want you, Lord, to close that door so tight that politics can't open it up. My personality can't open it up. um, How I feel, uh, my charisma, whatever. It can't not open it up. Lord, you shut that door. I mean, shut it closed. But God, by the same token, there are some things that I know you want me to have. 
And as I go into this opportunity, if I go into this open door and I see that it's something you want me to have, then God, I want you to open that door so wide that nobody can shut it. No matter how important they are, no matter how uh, strong they are, no matter how strong willed they might be, close the door. Because when God shuts a door, uh, it can't nobody open it. And when God opens a door, no one can shut it. And I want the door that God opens. And I'll tell you why. It's because when he opens a door, I know it wasn't Robert. I know it wasn't my best friend. I know it wasn't some political figure. I know that if it had not been for God opening the door, I never would have been able to walk into it. So that's how I've always prayed. And every day I look for open doors because a lot of times these are doors that I've never seen before and never uh, had an opportunity to walk therein. So um, you, you just have to look for open doors each and every day. And that's that's what I try to do so that my time is not wasted on a day to day basis. That seems like one would need to have a relationship with God to be able to have that level of spiritual discernment when God reveals those things. And I like to find out your insight on this when it comes to uh, organizing your day or putting things on your schedule. Does it really focus around purpose? Because people have a lot of stuff on their schedule, but does it really boil down to having a purpose, but not only a purpose, but the purpose that God designed for you? Because I know a lot of people don't really realize who they are and why they are here. And then the Bible tells us, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto us. But we have to find out what is it? that I've been designed by God to do. What's your insight on that, Bishop? Well, absolutely. I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, everyone has a purpose. No matter what side of the tracks you come from, every individual has a purpose. And once you walk in that purpose, God can use you. But you need to walk therein. You need to walk, uh, as the scripture says, circumspectly. You need to be very careful of how you walk because it might be something that God wants you to walk into. So I would just suggest to people daily to be prayerful. Don't just pray one time uh, two weeks ago and don't revisit God in prayer about a certain thing. Pray daily. Lord, what is your will for my life? I know what I want. I know what I like. And I think that if I go in this direction, you will be pleased. But Lord, I really want you to tell me if I have a relationship with God, then I should talk with him from time to time. And guess what? He talks back to me and I have to be able to hear what his voice is saying. And so many times God is not going to come in thunder and lightning. He's not going to come in some big uh, uh, meteor that, that, that hits us. Uh, sometimes it's a very small, still voice, as the scripture says, a still small voice. And you have to be able to hear what his voice is saying. So I got to get off Facebook. I got to get off Twitter. I've got to get off of social media. I've got to turn the television off and really spend some time with him in conversation and prayer so that he can tell me what it is that he really wants me to do. And oftentimes, after a little talk with Jesus, after I've told him about my problems and my troubles and my situations, he then comes back and says, Robert, this is what I want you to do. This is what I need you to do. It is my will for you to go in this direction. So pray 
every day. And then I would just suggest that everybody needs to follow the Holy Spirit as if he is your partner in life. If you are a Christian, if you are saved, if you're committed to God, your partner needs to be Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Ghost. You need to have a comfort level where you're walking in his spirit and he is leading you and guiding you into all truth. That's what the Holy Ghost does. It leads and guides you into all truth. And you ought to be able to hear and understand and know what he's leaning you to do or leading you to do. Uh, that is very, uh, very important. And, and that's what I do. And that's what I encourage the listeners to do. Listen to God, pray to God, listen to him and follow him. It may not be something you want or you may not even see it up front, but follow him anyway. That is so vitally important. It's critical to our walk as Christians and making sure that we don't waste time and not doing what God wants us to do. Excellent insight. I want to ask this when we look at um, verse 15 and it says walk circumspectly, but not as fools. Here he's contrasting uh, the believer with the non-believer. And we know the Bible says it's a fool that has said in his heart that there is no God. So when he talks about walking, not as fools, those who live apart um, from God and against his law and walk in unbelief, you, you somewhat touched on it here when you're talking about uh, leading a life by the spirit. What should that walk look like when we're walking circumspectly? Well, according to definition, a fool is a person who acts unwisely or imprudently, a silly person, a person who acts unwisely, a silly person. So a silly person or a person who walks unwisely or acts unwisely will not do uh, wise things. And so when you are saying to walk circumspectly, not as fools, saying to do just the opposite of what a fool would do. A fool would not check into things before getting involved in them. A fool would not ask questions before going forward. A fool will read the instructions, uh, will not read the instructions before actually setting up something. Point I'm trying to make is that you have to be wise and very prudent in what you're doing. You have to be, because if you are not, it will create a problem for your life. If you are not prudent, you'll make a right when you should have made a left. If you're not prudent, uh, you will go up instead of going down. Um, if you're not prudent, you will not do what needs to be done. You have to be wise, and experience makes us wise. I've, hear, I've heard people say that experience is the best teacher. Uh, to a certain extent, I, I do understand that because if you have experience in doing something and if it comes out wrong, you know how not to do it next time. If it comes out right, you know the pattern you need to use. So that's what that means. Uh, be very careful. Don't be foolish in your decision making. Don't be foolish and hasty uh, in doing things. Be very careful and just be um, walk circumspectly, uh, walk prudently, walk wisely. You don't want to be a fool. You don't want to do anything that's unwise or foolish or silly in any way. While you were speaking, a quote came to my mind that I often recite because you keep using that word wise. It states that smart people learn from their own mistakes. 
but wise people learn from the mistakes of others is sitting back <laughs> watching, looking at what others mm-hmm. do and say, how can I not uh, commit that same mistake? How can I maybe do that a little bit differently so it doesn't have that type of uh, impact on my life that could um, maybe not deny, but delay what God has in store for me. Exactly. I, I agree with that. It, you, uh, you have a choice and you can walk a certain way or you can go in another direction, but you have to suffer the consequences of not listening to God and not following his voice, not following his leading. So, Please be careful and listen to him in the way that you need to so you don't have to waste time um, and, 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 and wasted effort in uh, other areas of your life. Thank you so very much. At this time, I'd like to open the floor. Does anyone have a question for the bishop today with regard to walking the right way and making the best use of the time that God has given you? If you have a question, go ahead. Please raise your hand or unmute yourself. All right. Looked like you were on point today, Bishop. Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. There. Hey, That's a good one. Hey, nobody had any questions. Any final words for us today, Bishop, before we close today's episode? Well, just two things that I want to uh, leave uh, the listeners with is that when you are redeeming the time, when you are making good use of your time, uh, one of the things that I am looking forward to doing is you there are small tasks that you must do daily but instead of thinking that it's a waste of time understand that you've got to perform small tasks gladly uh, the little things we do are bigger than the great things we do and you've got to learn the importance of the ordinary the bible says in colossians 3 and 17 whatever you do whether in word or deed do it all in the name of the lord jesus giving thanks to god the father through him. Whatever your, fi- your hand, hands find to do, do it with all your might. Uh, whatever it is, do it as unto the glory and the honor of God. Know that you're not doing it for you, for your sake, but you're doing it unto the glory and the honor of God. And then sometimes, well, all the times, I, I'm, let me take away the word sometimes, but all the times, please understand that once you put something in God's hands, let him handle it. I, I learned a long time ago that I can deal with something and I can put it in my hands, but it's not going to mean anything. And the effect won't be the same. But the moment I put it in God's hands, it makes things so much easier and so much better. It it, it is very uh, wise for an individual to take what Jesus did. The Bible says Jesus just went around doing good and he did good. He, um, He touched as many people as he could. He healed as many people as he could. He witnessed as many people as he could. And he simply finished the work of the Father here on earth. And everything that the Father wanted him to do, he did it. And if there was something that was left undone, he put that in the Father's hands. That's how I'm going to be with my life. And that's how I'm going to be daily. Lord, I am putting this problem, this situation in your hands. I'm doing it because you told me that you would help me. You told me you would never leave me. You told me you would never forsake me. And so God, I'm putting this into your hands. And Lord, I want you to deal with it. I want you to help me 
to deal with it. And once you do that, brothers and sisters, you're, you never waste time because you're always in the will of God. Pray to be in his will, get into his will, and then just put it into his hands. That is so, so important. Um, and, and I hope and pray that uh, the scripture says uh, that uh, the years of our lives are three score and ten. And if by reason of strength they be four score, then we need to be thankful for that time. So whatever time I have left on this earth, whatever time it might be, I want to be in the will of God. So that way I am not wasting the time that God has given to me. Thank you so very much, Bishop, for those powerful words on today, sharing with us the importance of doing the right things to make the best use of our time coming from Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 through 16. You've been listening to On Point with Bishop Robert G. Rudolph on point, keeping you focused in the right direction. We look forward to seeing you next week. Be blessed.